Um, um, so it's interesting, you guys, uh, th there are four different uh, kind of like structural components of, of the Cultivate experience. Um, one is keynotes, you know, where someone speaks, you know. One is workshops, so like the next day that we have together, the whole day will be a, will be a workshop where we're just jamming on pitches and capital stuff. And, uh, and one is a mentor panel, which you'll experience this afternoon. And then the, the, the fourth one is the, is, is the one-on-ones. This is a mentor-driven program. So, uh, and I'll tell you guys right now the secret sauce. Um, are you familiar with the hero's journey and, and Joseph Campbell and, you know, kind of made popular by Donald Miller and, and Jonah Sachs? Um, uh, the Story Wars, uh, which I think is probably the best resource on, on, on the topic, but, um, but I'm a marketing guy and I love this kind of stuff. But, um, so if you know the hero's journey, uh, I'll let the cat out of the bag right now that in our world, uh, you're the heroes, the founders are the heroes. Um, when you come to our alumni events, you'll notice that it's the founders that, that are the heroes, it's not the speakers. Um, you're the heroes and uh, in, on the hero's journey, we play the role of the mentor. And uh, in any good hero's journey, the mentor has a gift that they give to the hero that really kind of unlocks um, new possibilities and really helps them kind of become um, who they already were, but maybe hadn't seen it. And um, I'll just tell you right now, our gift is the relational network that you're going to be handed. So at the end of this experience, you won't say, you know, oh, I remember Brian said this thing and it just really was the thing, you know. You may not remember anything Lance or Brian or Natanya ever said, but you're going to be like, oh, I, I, I met the most amazing people through this experience. All that to say, you're going to get a disproportionate amount of the keynoting part uh, this weekend. Um, and for two reasons. One, we really want you to know what you've signed on for and why we're doing this. Um, this is a very Jesus-y thing. And so, in fact, I'm fixing to get probably as preachy as we'll get the whole time. You don't have to be a follower of Jesus to be a part of this. Um, in fact, one of the coolest gifts God ever gave to us is that we had somebody in our first cohort that was just trying to figure stuff out. And uh, we do a team time at the end of every session. Um, about halfway through the experience during team time, he said, Lance, would it be, would it be appropriate for me to share something kind of personal, even spiritual during our team time? It's like, absolutely, like that's what that's for. And uh, so he said, I just want to let you guys know that, that I wasn't quite sure about all this Jesus stuff, um, but I actually have become convinced through your lives that it's real. And uh, he got baptized in my swimming pool um, with the rest of the cohort at the end of the experience. Isn't that awesome? So, man, we... We don't make any assumptions about where anybody is. You may be so on fire for Jesus right now, you're about to explode. Um, or you may be like, I'm trying to work stuff out, to be honest. I'm in a tough spot. And uh, so this is a safe community for you. But anyways, but our why has everything to do with the fact that we think Jesus is real. We think he lived and died and rose again. And when he rose again, he rose to give a family the authority to bring what will be into the now so you know only in the jesus story do we know that stuff is broken and we know why it's broken and we know that one day it's all going to get fixed it's going to be restored it's going to be redeemed and then in some mysterious way we should expect for things to begin to image what will be 
even in the now. And we believe that redemptive entrepreneurs get to play a disproportionate role uh, in the story of the kingdom coming now in some measurable way that's tangible to Oklahoma City uh, through you. Isn't that amazing? So let me ask you, I mean, just on a, on a, on a one to five scale, in your lifetime, you're going to see Oklahoma City transformed, you know, and you get to be a part of it. Yeah, like on a scale of one to five, like what's your faith for that being really true and tangible, like in your heart? I mean, like, you know, one is like, I actually don't, don't even know if I think that that's even possible. Five is like, oh my gosh, I mean, it's happening in the glory. And, you know, I mean, you know, Roshonda, where, where are you at on that? One to five, you know? You're a five? Okay, wow, okay. Christy, what do you think? Yeah, probably four. Oh, five, five, okay. Okay, I thought you were like, yeah, okay. Clarissa, what, what do you think? Um, maybe four. Okay, okay. Reed? Yeah, three. Love it. Yeah, three, 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 five. Maybe two. Yeah. Maybe one. Yeah. 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 So the whole like lifetime thing is is is, is tripping you up. I, I I love that. I mean, so here's what I asked the Holy Spirit to do today. I said, Lord, would you just take each person and give them one more piece? Just give them like take them just eat, like half step or like um, in in uh, in belief that that this could be. Um, tell me this. Um, so Tracy, you know, like beautifully gave you a little piece of our why earlier in just this whole kind of redemptive entrepreneurship that we idea uh, and it's a phrase that we uh, unashamedly stole from um, our partners in the Praxis organization um, you're going to hear Praxis 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 we use all their materials we use their their content and their concepts um, because when you know guys like you know Brian and I have spent a lifetime discipling entrepreneurs, you know, and, uh, and our conviction was if someone will become wholly devoted to Jesus, I mean, like, all in, hands off the steering wheel, um, then that's transformative for them, for their families, and for their businesses, and ultimately, employees, vendors, clients, industries become impa impacted, and, um, but we just had a growing sense that there was, there was some structure that, that needed to be put around it because here's the thing you guys Jesus is a multiplier he's a multiplier so like only knowing Jesus and knowing his kingdom can we go to the person at the cash register this morning and speak a word of kindness and that actually has like mojo on it way beyond just us being nice people to actually land somewhere in their heart and to actually multiply such that someday in the future they might look back and say you know what there was this group that came to Carlton Landing and two or three of them said something to me and it just sent me on a journey you know um, uh, Jesus is, is a multiplier and so we believe that with, with all of our hearts but um, but Tyler introduced us to the Praxis organization and it's just a group of ordinary people but became convinced that God was going to do something through entrepreneurs in our generation and had taken the time and the care to realize how powerful words are you know words create community you know 
people like us talk like this, is what Seth Godin says, right? You know, that's how you know who's in your tribe. People like us talk like this. And they created a vocabulary that was approachable um, for people who don't yet know Jesus, all in, whatever, but just about why we should expect things to change in us and through our, through, through our businesses. Uh, Scott Kaufman was one of the architects of that language, which is why it's such a treasure to have him here. And Scott, I mean, everyone in this room, the four cohorts that have gone before, and all of the like employees, vendors, clients, that's all like some of your fruit. That's incredible. And that, that's the multiplier of the kingdom. That's how it works. Um, so thank you for making this stuff. <laughs> it's so it's so powerful and being so generous so we went to praxis and said hey we want to do something like this at a local level and they had contemplated that they just hadn't had anybody crazy enough to really try and pull it off and and they said not only will we help you but use all of our stuff uh, and by the way like here's our entire database take what take what is helpful like here's how we do stuff from soup to nuts and you can have it all and if anything's confusing then just call us we'll we'll we'll, we'll help you from the technical side to um but that's that return on relationship that, uh, that Tracy was talking about. That's just how it works in the, in the kingdom, but we're grateful for that. Um, so what is redemptive entrepreneurship? I mean, at this point in the, in the morning. I mean, it's in your words, John. I mean, you know, somebody's like, hey, you're doing this cultivate thing, you know, what's that about, you know, redemptive entrepreneurship? Yeah. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, this building other-centrically. Mm, powerful. Love it. How else would you say it in your own, in your own words? Everybody's like, "Dang, that was good." I don't know. You know. Powerful. Um, yeah, Cole, Cole and I were talking this morning. It's not complicated. It all comes down to love, right? That's what you're saying, Rashawn. It's like, what does love look like in a branding exercise, in a marketing plan, you know, uh, in setting measurables for a quarterly dashboard? Um, what does love look like in every piece of the, of the, of the venture? Yeah. Anybody else? Redemptive entrepreneurship? This corner? You were going to say it's love too? Because it is. Yeah.
So good. So good. Surrender. Surrender's hard. I was thinking while Tyler was while Tyler was talking. I love to listen to Tyler speak because there's just a gentleness and a cadence to his presence that I just find just really shalomy, you know, pe- you know, just really peaceful. Um, but uh, you know, as a as a good kind of apostolic INTJ Enneagram eight, um, you know, uh, male, I. Um, I can be extraordinarily uh, skeptical and critical. And so when I first discuss, you know, was presented with the praxis rule of life, um, in my flesh, my first deal is like, nah, man, you know, I don't know about this. And I probably would have said that different. And I mean, is this really like the six things? I mean, what about this? And, you know, um, which is interesting. You know, Billy Graham had like three things that he prayed. They say he prayed every day. One of them was, Lord, protect me from a critical spirit. Amazing, um, and um, uh, but you know, I just thought, but these like these are my people, and we're doing this, so I'm just going to surrender and, and do this. So I, I try and read one of those topics six days a week as part of my time with Jesus, and uh, and I've been doing that for probably three years, and uh, it's changing me. Um, I mean, I, I read the same things over and over, and I'm challenged by the same base practices and reach practices, and I'm forced to think, um, wait, you know, am I making space in my day-to-day life for people who don't look at the world in the way that I look, 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 look like it? Um, uh, anyway, so give it a shot. Maybe even, just for the, maybe even just for the time that we're together over the next nine months. And... Uh, um, because people like us read stuff like this and commit to things like this, and uh, and it's been really um, generative. So thank you, Tyler, for that introduction. Wow, I better get going on our why. Um, today's really going to focus a lot on why and redemptive entrepreneurship, and we're going to put some examples before you this afternoon of people who really are trying to live this out kind of holistically. Uh, and then we're going to shift, and we're going to talk about you and your heart. Uh, you know, healthy founders build healthy organizations. I met yesterday with the guys who founded the 11 Tribes Venture Fund, um, Venture Fund out of Chicago. You know those guys, Scott? Um, yeah, well, you know, uh, Venture Fund uh, based around the idea that healthy founders build healthy businesses. And uh, so they uh, make an extraordinary commitment to not only invest financial capital, but to really uh, provide counseling services and all kinds of stuff around the founders that they fund. Uh, they're raising their second fund. Um, but um, isn't that interesting that a venture fund would build an entire investment thesis around the health of the founder? Um, so, so we're going to spend a bunch of time this, this um, I keep saying this weekend. It's really not, it's really not the weekend, is it? But, um, but anyways, so um, I want to try and make a, make a pitch to you in the next few minutes um, based on a, a story in the Bible that I hope you find um, a, a special place. Um, you know, do you have places in the Bible that are just precious to you because they represent a big piece for you? Like for me, the book of Ephesians is like, you know, I'm a big picture guy. And the book of, of Ephesians tells the story kind of from beginning to end with some like 
big, epic, like mind blows. And so like, I don't know the whole Bible, but I know the book of Ephesians. And uh, what, the story I want to share with you this morning is, is one of those places for me uh, when it comes to cities, um, when it comes to cities, you know, because uh, you, you know the story from beginning to end, you know, it, it begins in the garden, right? Um, but it ends in this city, this perfect city where everything is just as it was always supposed to be. But in that city, in Revelation chapter 21, you know, every indication throughout the rest of the book is that there's a thriving economy and commerce and we, we continue to work and bring our gifts and connect with each other. And, you know, I used to think that maybe it was just some big long worship worship and prayer session that went on for eternity but I actually think it's like life drunk to the dregs John 10 10 as good as it can be forever right and it but it's fascinating it's like well Lance where do you get that idea well remember Isaiah 68 where there's this picture of how things will be and in the picture all the different nations cultures peoples languages are bringing their art their commerce their dance their music um, into the Revelation 21 city and uh, so what we're building today, Clay, matters for then, you know. And what you're discovering about who you are and how you work and how you build teams and the things you have a heart and passion for, it matters. So cities matter in the kingdom. You can't read the book and not figure out that cities are a big deal. Now, one of the challenges is we've actually never seen a transformed city, you know. Um, and I just want to make an argument to you that what if Oklahoma City is like a Nazareth? What if it's just a place that God likes? Because it just is so ordinary. What, what if it's a place that God wants to transform in our generation? We live in the generation of urbanization. You know this, right? So in 2007, officially in the world, more people lived in cities than outside of cities. And by 20. 50, two-thirds of the world lives in cities. So, on earth as it is in heaven. Now, imagine this. <clears throat> so, uh, this is uh, the Greenwood community in, uh, in Tulsa, um, which was the most thriving African-American center of light, community life, commerce, business, arts, all of it. I mean, but did you know that, like, Deep Deuce in Oklahoma City also was like this incredible place in the jazz movement and in community and in the arts. And did you see that they're trying to do something really cool with the Jewel Theater and restoring just that whole piece of that community? But cities matter, place matter. But imagine that you got to be a part of this scene in this time. And you go on a weekend trip to Chicago, you know. And all of a sudden you hear, oh my gosh, something happened in the Greenwood community overnight. And it became this. Whew. I can feel it even now. Guys, Oklahoma is a place where marginalized people are supposed to thrive. You know, this is the place where the Osage Indians were the bell of the ball, right? You know, where the African-American community was thriving and, and becoming you know, famous for commerce. There is a battle over this state and over this city. We're supposed to be thriving, but can you imagine getting news that your community has literally whew, been obliterated? 
obliterated overnight. I want to orient us to the story of Nehemiah in the Bible. You ever heard of that, that guy? He was an entrepreneur by all accounts, and he gets word that his city has been destroyed. And here's his response. They said to me, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah and to Jerusalem. They're in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. So I wept. One of the arguments that we want to make over and over, not to be morose, but because this is how things work in the kingdom. And it's this. Change begins with lament. And in the kingdom, lament is actually a really beautiful thing because lament just means I actually, I enter into God's heart and and he in mine and I feel all of this to the dregs. I feel it so deep. And, uh, and I'm willing to, and I'm willing to see, and I'm actually willing to sit there. Um, I'm actually willing to sit there. And um, Holy Spirit, we just we, we love your presence. We love how you can come in a room and and. Uh, yeah. Feel how much you just love all of us. Together. Feel your grief over things that have taken place here. And we know that the tears of the saints have been bottled and have been stored in huge buckets in heaven and we ask you to pour them out in our generation and we're willing to be part of that process and would you promise us that only Jesus gets the credit nobody else I feel that, y'all. Whew. Um.